Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to episode 48 of Double Hop Beat, where we take the pulse of the beer and brewing scene. I'm James, a home brewer and beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer intermediate. We have been very busy organizing our home brewery with all of the new brewing equipment and supplies that we've gotten. And we've also hit, recently, 500 followers on Instagram. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. I was very enthusiastic, James. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, uh, I have to be very excited for this. Um, it's really, truly a momentous occasion for us being an independent uh, craft beer and home brewing podcast where we're not sponsored, and we pretty much do everything on ourselves just to have a good old honest podcast. Uh, so we couldn't do that without you guys and your support. So thank you so much for following us on our Instagram page and uh, following us on our journey. Yeah, and with that, we've been able to reach more people in the craft beer and homebrew community. And speaking of that, we have a very special guest today joining us for our episode, homebrewer Jason Lowry of Steel City Brewing. Welcome, Jason. Hey, what's up, y'all? How are you? We are doing good. We are great. doing Thanks great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm doing really great. I'm on vacation in Florida right now, so no complaints. You have us all beat right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than the Ohio snow, trust me. Oh, yeah. We're very, we're very familiar with snow being from New England, so uh, we can definitely see the sunny side of things uh, taking a nice vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, why don't we kick it off and just have you let us know how you got into homebrewing and how long you've been doing it for. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's been actually probably about two years now I've been homebrewing. Um, I had been interested prior to the two years for multiple years wanting to get into trying to figure it out. And I just never did it, honestly. I have a friend from our hometown that is a pro brewer in Cleveland, Ohio. And he had he reached out a couple times trying to come out to their big brewery down in Cleveland, wanting to brew. And I never took him up on it. And once I did, I went down there and they have a 15 barrel system, I believe. And we, I helped him brew one day. And it was just, it was overwhelming seeing like the whole system. And because I had never done it before. And I guess I got overwhelmed and it was fun, but I just didn't realize everything that was put into it. A couple of weeks later, he had reached out and said, Hey, I'm going to come do a home brew at my house, which is, 20 minutes from where I live. So I went to his house and did the homebrew. I was like, yes, I understand it now. It's because there wasn't, it wasn't so intense, all the big equipment and everything like that, even though it was pretty much the same process. Mm -hmm. So we did the homebrew thing. It was really cool. And then now every time I go back, if it's a big system or whatever, you know, it's like, it's the same thing. It's not overwhelming or it's just fun. So I guess to answer your question, I've been actually homebrewing myself in my house for about two years. His friend actually reached out probably two and a half years ago with some uh, system we had for sale, just a couple things trying to get into the homebrewing. And so I took him up on it. I ended up selling all of it before I used it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I got a bunch of spike brewing equipment, so I do brewing the bag stuff. So I got a custom spike kettle at that point, and I was doing brewing a bag, and I had one fermenter. I quickly... Up my system. I got a 20 gallon kettle now, like a custom. I still do brewing a bag, but I bought a second fermenter, which I have a 10 gallon fermenter, a 15 gallon fermenter. And just about two weeks ago, I bought another 15 gallon fermenter. I'm completely down the rabbit hole. It's I'm sure you guys understand how it is. It's just, you can't get enough of it. It's, it's like, you just can never have enough equipment. It's just, it's, it's a great thing to be a part of, you know, it's a domino effect for sure. Oh, it's crazy. So now, did you have great success while you were, uh, you know, doing it your first time or after that? Because, you know, it's some most of these homebrewers get very discouraged because their first beer tastes like shit. <laughs> uh, well, or, or at least in my case, it did. <laughs> and uh, my mother was the only one to drink it. 
<laughs> it's funny you say that because like so I didn't do, I did not do one extract brew whatsoever. It w- I went straight into all grain and like I said before, like it was straight brew in the bag. My first beer, we did a hazy IPA, went right into it, and I think it had 500 probably different hops in it. I did not like it at all. Every, every you know, every one of your friends is like, "This is the most amazing beer ever because you made it," and then you're like, "No, it tastes like shit. It's really not good." Or the, or the um, true test, you ask them if they want another, and they say, no, I'm good. I'm going to go to my hard seltzer, or I'm going to go to, like, yeah. you know, a brewery nearby. Oh, for sure. No, they <laughs> people support it, you know, obviously what it is. It did not turn out good. I was not happy with it, and so to this day, I'm not happy. I, I have such, like, a high standard to what I want for the beer. It's hard for me to enjoy my own beer. But that first beer, it, it was not that good to me. They developed as times went on. But like I said, it... It, going from the all grain, like starting right off the bat, it, it it put me down, like I said earlier, like the whole rabbit hole going down into it. Like it's just, it's developed, it's it's gradually gotten better. And now like, I feel like I finally nailed like my system and now I've grown and gotten like another third fermenter now. And it's just, it keeps going, you know? Mm-hmm. So now that you've gotten it down to a science, what is your favorite style of beer to brew? Is it still an IPA so, or... I love brewing IPA. I love hops. My beer journey, like craft beer wise, did not start with IPAs. I couldn't stand them at first, but I love brewing IPA, whether it's West Coast Session, New England IPA. Like, I love doing that. But I also branch out and do other things. You know, I have, uh, I've been doing uh, Russian Imperial style. I actually barrel aged this one in an apple brandy barrel. I have a 10 gallon and a five gallon barrel at home. And they've been in there since May 20. I can't remember because I'm a floor. I think it's May 29th of last year is when I actually put those in the barrel. So it's oh, wow. it's approaching a year. Yeah. So it'll be in there for a while. I think they went in at 9.2%. So we were brewing maybe two months ago and I, I had a little Vinny nail in the barrel and I pulled it out and t- took a sample and it's still a little bit hot. So I'm still trying to let it mellow out a little bit, you know, so. So what's your target end on that one that you're thinking you're trying to aim for um, percentage wise? I mean, I'm sure it'll be, I mean, I, I figure I'll pick up like maybe like a percent, something like okay, going so you're into trying it, to keep you know? it under 13, but just above nine. <laughs> yeah. You know, somewhere around there, as long as it's good. It, it was still really boozy when I pulled out two months ago, not as much as when I pulled out four months ago, I pulled a sample. It was real boozy. Like I said, two months ago, I pulled it out. It wasn't as boozy, but I want the booziness to kind of go away so it's not so hot. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, right. Exactly. I think yeah. some of the issues that a lot of homebrewers get is they immediately want to put things in barrels to get that up to like 13, 14%. And then it just gets so boozy that it's like, okay, you can oh. either have extreme oak or whatever you're aging it in, or you're going to yeah. get like all up front that alcohol and it's just going to hit you. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Now, you you mentioned you still do brew in the bag, right? That's your current Correct. setup. So yep. what do you think for those looking to get into home brewing? What, what do you think is the negative on brew in the bag? And what's kind of kept you with that model versus going for your three kettle system in that 10 gallon, a 15 gallon range that seems like you brew at? <laughs> I mean, I guess I I enjoy brewing the bag. Um, some people I know are probably totally against it. It's less vessels that you have, so it's less equipment up front if you're trying to buy purchase equipment to get into it, you know? I still think you can make I mean, there's tons of people that make award winning beers off brewing the bag, you know what I mean? You go against a traditional, you know, three vessel system and you can go you can go back and forth both ways, pros and cons, and keep going back and forth, but the brew in the bag for me just works good because it's really easy, easy cleanup, easy maintenance. It's less vessels. And I, I know, like, we'll probably get into this later. I'm going to upgrade my system hopefully this summer. 
and the broom bag is going to be out of the picture at that point. And then I'll go into the traditional, you know, bigger vessel system, you know, and I just enjoy the, like the whole cleanup, the easy maintenance and it's less vessels right now. It's just, it's really simple to me and still efficiency wise, it might be better if you do a three vessel. I'm, I can't really justify either way, you know, plus or minus on that, but I still do really good with the, the brew in the bag and everything's working perfect for me, you know? Yeah. I think you hit, kind of like the main positive on brewing the bag is just like footprint, less cleaning, because there's less vessels you have to clean. But I think a lot of home brewers that choose not to go for that are like, I don't want to have to lift, you know, 30, 50 pounds of grain, you know, in the brew in the bag system, unless you get like a pulley system. Do you have a pulley system for yours? Or, <laughs> or are you just jacked out of your mind where you're just like hoofing things over? Dude, it's so funny that you mentioned that. So, oh, this is hilarious. So, Originally, so when I got my, I, so I think it's brew in the bag. Actually, if you look up brew in the bag, it's a guy that makes the actual bags. He sells actual pulley. It's like a ratchet pulley almost. When I was actually brewing that Russian Imperial Sausage, it was so massive, like green wise. And I had the thing up on top hanging. I was trying to steep all the greens out and it was up in the air and I was squeezing all, all the wort out of the bag and the pulley failed and the thing fell. Oh and I had, no! Dude, <laughs> I was up. I was up on a ladder, and the funniest thing in the world. This is gonna go on and on. It's funny. So everything fell down. It splashed all over me. It's hot, hot as crap. It burned the crap out of me. And so I was. I brew in my garage. So all the walls are white. So Russian Imperial style went all over the walls. Oh, gosh. <laughs> at the time, as soon as it happened, my wife walked out the door and she looked at me and then she looked at the wall. And I was just like. Shits go back in the house. I don't have, I don't have, I can't answer you right now. Now that's a stuff, look of a home there, brewer supporter there, there, right there. There was stuff all over the ground, all over the walls. It was everywhere. And so at that point I was like, my brother had said, Hey, they sell these, uh, you have like a pulley thing and it's hooked up to electric and it's almost like a winch almost. So you lift everything up. So now I have the thing up into our rafters in the, in the garage itself. So I use that to pull the greens out itself. So there's no more. No more falling greens or anything like that. But that story itself is so funny, dude. So that would be one of those uh, public safety announcements for breweries of, okay, safety first. When you get on a ladder <laughs> and you're dealing with very hot liquids, make sure yeah. the tension of the pulley system can support whatever you're freaking doing. And don't wear flip-flops like I would. Oh, no, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, it's so bad. Yeah, I learned very quickly <laughs> to wear, like, steel toe shoes when I, when I brew yeah. just just to be careful oh it's so funny dude oh man that that's hilarious <laughs> and that's like one of my greatest fears of maxing out those things and then it's just like yeah. you're either jacked out of your mind and you just you can deal with it or you find solutions so at least you found Correct. a solution so that doesn't happen hopefully again oh hopefully the wife thing doesn't fail and i'll have to worry about that again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or you'll get that look from your wife like we all get i i get that look again the look, you know. Now, would you say that was your most memorable brew day, or is there another time that you'd say it would be more memorable than that? That is probably the most memorable brew day. I mean, obviously, like, when you hit numbers, it's very memorable. When you, you're right on, everything's spot on, everything's going smooth, you have nothing to worry about. I, I think those are, like, you look when you hit those days, and you're like, wow, this is amazing. I hit all my numbers, everything's going smooth, and it's good, and you're just, you know, skipping down the road, everything's good. But then you have, like, days like that, and you're like, 
they're just as if not more memorable because you're like mm -hmm. holy hell like that was like insane you know what i mean yeah definitely not something you would forget <laughs> I, have, I mean the stains are still all over the garage yeah, wall yeah. so i'm not gonna forget it you know <laughs> it's like a crime scene yeah right yeah i think we tend to remember more like those incidents that we have during our brew days of just like shit going wrong versus like right. this beer turned out amazing like i hit my original gravity i hit my final gravity my friends loved it. Like they kept wanting more. Yeah. I just remember like transferring for the first time into my SS fermenter um, mm -hmm. under pressure. And I had accidentally left one of the valves in the back somewhat cracked open and yeah. transferring all that stuff. And I s soon realized that half my beer was spewing out of the back. And I'm just like, this oh, is no. the point where everything matters because it's got to be <laughs> sterile and it's right. got to be clean, and it just ruined everything. I had to salvage it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was not very pleasant. But at least it was only a five-gallon batch. So, again, it's not, you know, thousands of dollars down the drain. Right. <laughs> so when did you decide to kind of make your home brewing official and come up with a name and a logo and all that? Oh, man, that's actually a really good question. So right off the bat, um, I guess I'll go back a little bit on that. You want to go like a little history and brewing where it is today? Sure. Whatever right. you want, Jason. You are the guest. You lead. You show. go for it. You're running the show. Right. You're Steel City. You're Steel City. Oops. You gotta. You gotta Look run. Look out. Look out. Right. Let's do it. So I guess like I mean get back to like history like craft beer was. I was always a Miller like guy with like a frosty mug and everything. Um, back in like the early 2000s, um, there's Great Lakes Brewing it's in downtown Cleveland. Um, they're really big. So my brother gave me like one of their Dortmunder beers. Um, it was like a gold medal winning thing at JBF and it was huge. And so I had it the first time and I was like, wow, it actually tastes like beer. It's not like water, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not cracking on like macro beer or anything like that. Because honestly, if you hit like a consistency like that every single time, it's actually pretty dang good. If you can do it, they do what they do very well. Mm -hmm. yeah we, we it, don't we don't trash big beer on this podcast at all ever yeah no i, right. I do sometimes <laughs> i honestly do sometimes but you I don't you're, crack a, you're, a, you're a hundred percent correct yeah. on if that you, if you could do 100%. that every time i wish i could brew the same 100%. i could brew the same beer over and over and i never hit the numbers every single time it's always different and i'm trying every single time and trying to figure out how to make it the same beer every single time but it's never not i'm always you know the abv is always different everything like that but they hit it every single time so there's something to be said about that you know what i mean like i said i'm not trying to build them up or anything like that but so yeah so i i, I had the the dortmund i told you about and then what got me to the ipa thing so my brother had given me a recommendation to try this ipa and so i tried it, it was actually dogfished up by you guys 60 minute and i took a sip of it i was like this is the most disgusting thing ever and he's like, buy a six, buy a six. But at the time, I wasn't married, no kids, nothing like that. He's like, buy a six pack, go home that weekend and just drink the whole six pack one after another and your palate will develop. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, your palate. I drank six of the beers, like you said. And ever since then, it's probably since been about 2005, 2006. I've been, my palate's changed. I love IPAs. I can't get enough of it. And so I guess fast forward now. I guess, what was, what was the question we were going to have to get before I got out of time when we were talking about the history? You mean you don't go to places anymore and ask for that frosted mug? <laughs> no, not no more. 
<laughs> it's that's funny that you mentioned that because Shane and I were just like reminiscing too about like how we used to go places and been like, "What? No frosted mug? You're doing something wrong. You're not frosting Shane the mug." Be all about the frosted mugs. That was before. Yeah, get up for room temperature. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then I was like, I learned about beer, and I was like, that's a terrible way to serve beer like you do not want to do that no not at all so yeah (laughs) but the question was how did you decide to kind of become official and create a logo name and everything so i guess everything developed uh fast forward to the home brewing thing i told about my buddy that brews in cleveland sorry about that i got on a little tirade (laughs) um (laughs) you were just mashing in that happens with all home brewers you know you just lose your mind you know um so i i had I thought about it. I thought about craft beer at the time. Like, it's really cool how I had seen, I guess, from afar, how it brought people together, how you see people. It's not like you're going to, like, the local, like, bar and getting trashed and people are, like, getting drug out there. And you see, like, local breweries, like, people go there and you see them, like, smelling beers and swirling it and just getting everything out of it, like, admiring the taste. And I guess I was, like, I didn't understand at that point. And as everything progressed, I seen how people got into the craft movement and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, that's actually kind of cool. And then when I actually started brewing with my buddy, like I talked about earlier, like in Cleveland, it got me basically my feet wet into like the whole scene. And I was like, man, this is really, 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 really cool. How like seeing how something like a liquid, like can transform like communities and bring them together. So when I got into the home brewing thing, I was like, everything built up minus that, trashy first beer i guess we all do and uh fast forward like i guess right away officially i was like i kind of like think it would be cool to like come up just with a name from the get-go just to see like where we can go with this and so mm-hmm. we live in amherst ohio which is about you know 40 40 minutes west of the cleveland area um we're five five minutes south of lake erie so we're you know a really great community and everything like that so the steel with an e um, Marynell Steel was like actually our high school. So it's just everything like community wise, like that person brought everything to the community. And so it just, it resonated through me. Like, wow, it's something like that person, you know, a century ago, she was like into the schools and everything like that. It brought everything to the community wise. And I'm like, well, we have something like a liquid like this you can make and it can bring a community together, you know? And so that's what brought the whole, I, I thought about names for like brewery wise and everything like that. Like what can we come up with? Because actually Amherst, Ohio is the sandstone capital of the world. And so I thought about names with that because there's so much sandstone in Ohio, like where we're at. And so I thought about the steel thing and I'm like, that actually be great. Like steel city is just like, boom, you know what I mean? Yeah. Something and, that like meant something to you and also tied in your community where you live too. Right. So because something like a liquid, like what we produce, it like brands communities together. It's like the same thing. I'm like, this is really cool. Like something like that. So that's why we talk. I talked to my wife about like the names and stuff like that. And that's the one we went with and we just moved forward from there, you know? Now, have you tried to license that name? So if you, I I know you just are building or in the process of building a huge barn with a brewing area and you filed for a liquor license. Are you trying to become a commercial brewery or maybe in the future, did you try and license that name or you haven't got that far yet? You've been doing your research, James. Well, (laughs) funny fact, I've been following you for like ever because I'm like, this guy is like a stalker. Well, you know, I wasn't brewing for a while. We were searching for a home. Like, I I love videos. I love getting immersed into what other home brewers are doing. 
because yeah. it is a community. And I think that's one of the things that's great to see what other people are doing and kind of just live vicariously through yeah. other home brewers as well. So I got my LLC with that name. I, I, I locked that in. I got my tax ID and I did all that from the get go. Actually, before I actually Monday in my first brew, the second brew, and I had done all that just to be safe, like wherever it went, if we never did anything with it, you know, so. I guess backstory. So I'm an air traffic controller through the federal government. So I've been doing it for 20 years this year. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So I'm 41. I'm going to be 42 next, actually next month. Wow. I'm old. Um, <laughs> so I can take, take a sip of that drink there. Yeah. Oh, right, look out. <laughs> I know I'm the old man on the cane. So I can put 25 years into my work and then I can retire, which is really cool. And I get my federal pension and which yeah. is really cool. So I have this side thing that I've been trying to grow. Awesome. Yeah. So their track control thing was like my dream job. But after 20 years of like swing shifts of crazy schedules and everything like that, like I'm ready to transition to something else. And I fully envision of, I guess, like having like a brewery and like bringing communities together and, and everything like that. So I got the LLC, I did everything like that. And I have the, I'm going to build a pole barn. This will start in May. I'm going to have a big garage. I'm going to hopefully upgrade to a 3.5 barrel system. We're researching everything with that right now. I'm going to pull my liquor license. And so we live in just west of our city. It's actually a township. I don't know if you got townships over there or anything like that where you guys are at, but basically it's like, it's more laid back. It's still residential. So I guess we could do like cans to go. We, I could self-distribute and stuff like that. But So we have about two acres right now, but people can come buy cans to go and do stuff like that. We have a couple other breweries locally within 30 40 minutes they do the same thing like they schedule like two three days a week people can come pick up their cans for like four hours and then that's it people don't go in there they don't drink it's not like an open Mm -hmm. bar or anything like that so that's the i guess that's what i'm going to try to go for for the next couple years until i'm actually done at work and then if everything's going good i'm going to maybe get a tap room i'd love to do that i was just talking to my wife about this last night at the beach i was like it'd be great to have it because i have so many pro brewers that i've since I've been brewing, I've gotten to become friends with and a lot of, so some of them like during the weekends, you know, they're there till they close at night. And then there's others that have basically like a manager that runs the tap room and stuff like that in the weekends where the brewer gets to stay at home or the owner. And it's hard because like, it's a, that crazy transition right now. Like I don't want to be busy on the weekends cause I coach football too. And I run our youth football program. I'm on a board to do that right now. All my kids are in these travel sports and everything like that. And once I retire at my official job, I don't want to become more busy, like staying there, like on the weekends and stuff like that, like at a brewery and stuff. So it'd be nice to have a manager, everything like that, that's there at nighttime, like actually run the place. You know what I mean? I just love brewing beer. You know, it's, I don't want to get stuck with like all the nitty witty stuff like at night and stuff like that. So if I never get a tap room and I stay like the cans to go and the self distribution, like it is what it is. If it keeps growing and I can figure out how to make it where I'm not busy on weekend nights and I'm still available and stuff like that, then maybe I'll get a tap room down the road. You know, I, I do have big dreams and big visions and I, I just love how a liquid that you make and you invest all your time in, you can, you can see people all walks of life come together over that liquid and they just, they just gel together. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you've mentioned a couple of times your wife. What does she and your kids think of all of that or all all of your uh, brewing? Oh, they love it. So my my youngest, she's five. So every time I'm like doing like candy lines, so I have like one of those October can seamers. Mm-hmm. Every time I'm brewing beer, she's like the sanitized chick. So 
she has to have my big old thing of sand. She's like spraying the cans down and she loves doing it. My wife, she, she, she loves that. Like a vision. Um, she loves the whole thing, like everything coming together. And obviously my kids just think it's cool. And it's the funniest part about it. So like my son, it was around like Christmas time. Like they had posted like, you know, what do you want everyone to have for Christmas? Like, I hope my dad has a bigger brewery and he has good <laughs> beer. And so I think it's so funny. Cause like these teachers probably read, they're oh like, my. what, what the hell is this? Like, so it's like, cause every time we draw his pictures, like steel city brewing and all this, I'm like, that's they probably cute. think dad's like some type of alcoholic or something like that, but it's not even the case. Cause it's, yeah. it, it's not even what it is. You know what I mean? So we have to send messages like, that's really not what it is. Like this, what we're doing. And so the teachers think it's so funny, you know what I mean? But, yeah. but, but the family loves it. They love the vision. They love, they see what it is. They, they, they know it's hard work and what can happen out of it. And it's, you know, yeah. do the teachers ever ask for beer? They have not asked for beer, but I picked my kid up from school early before we left to come down wow. to Florida. And so we have a, a local Amherst cop and he had came up. This is, is so hilarious. This was last Friday. He walked up and I never met the guy. I knew who he was. He's like, well, well, well. And I was like, oh no, what did oh, I do? Gosh. Oh no. But he had, he, so my buddy, Aaron from our football board. So they had me on like one of their YouTube, like podcast things like a couple months ago. So he was like, I was on there. They did like a whole Steel City thing. And so ended up being the, the cop. He wanted to know how he can get a hold of some beer because he likes craft beer. So it, it's so funny. You know what I mean? But it, it's it's that same thing. Like all the – it brings everyone together. It doesn't yeah. matter like your walk of life. You know what I mean? For sure. You're like, well, thank God he's not asking me. Oh, <laughs> you know, your son mentioned that he likes beer. So we have to ask <laughs> you about that. Yeah, right? Oh, that's so funny, dude. So I have to ask this because, you know – the stereotypes behind homebrewers are all guys with beards. So I have to ask you, how does your beard stick out from every other homebrewer's beard? Everywhere I go, everyone says nice beard. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where it is. I can go on stories, not stories about it. Like my beard is, I've had it for a couple years now. It doesn't change. I was still get my hair cut, like a trim it down, everything like that. But it's, it, my beer's nice. I'm not going to be biased. <laughs> but it has nothing to do with the beer. I just like a beard. But beer, beard, you know, I guess it goes together. <laughs> so I guess that's a good segue, actually, into talking about some of your beers. You had sent us a couple of your IPAs. I believe it was the New England style. Well, you had several New England styles. But this one, I forget. I think it was uh, Crew. What was the uh, Cruicity? Was it Crikey? Crikey. Crikey. That's it. Crikey. Yeah. Crikey. Yeah. That's a, if I, I Crikey. The can, I could well, so like the can, like the marker got a little like smudged. I've been watching a lot like, of uh, Crikey, it's the Irwins. So. Oh God, you would have been like, Crikey, my arm. <laughs> so we had some of our um, brewery friends um, try out this particular beer. Oh Lord. And we asked them what they thought of it. And we also got to try it. So don't worry. Okay. And Shannon, what, what do you think we got for feedback on that? Well, I think we we all agreed that it had a very citrus forward taste, okay. which you want in new in a New yeah. England style IPA. And this is New England's yeah. here being super. Oh, we're from Boston. We created New England IPAs. Man, man, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got the Trillium over there. You yeah, know. yeah. Oh yeah, Trillium Treehouse. Yeah, all, all those. All the teas. All the teas. Yeah, all the teas. <laughs> yeah, so citrus <laughs> forward, and then some bitterness on the back end. I got when I yeah. was tasting it. Yep. And one a little of our, bit of dry too. Yeah. 
One of our friends said she almost got a like a Cheerios or like cereal kind of taste. And the back end yeah, of that the back beer. End. So do you, what, okay. what hops did you use in that one? And kind of like what was your basic grain bill? If you if you don't mind sharing, but just just basic. I'll, um, I'll share it all, man. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, all my New Englands now they've adapted over there. I shouldn't say over the years because I've been brewing like two years, but my, my new England's like, so I did, Oh man, two collabs of pro brewers. And my second one was at the place about 40 minutes from my house called crooked Packer. And so my dude, Eric there, he helped me a lot uh, with the grain bill and stuff like that. So for the last couple of months, I've been doing the same grain bill kind of like they do. And it's all, I do wireman Pilsner malt is my base malt. I do flaked oats, flaked wheat, white wheat and then some carapils and that's it and that's on all my hazy so that crikey i don't know if you guys got snake eyes i can't remember mother hazy yep we, um, we had that one as well yep so that's all the same green bill hop wise on that on the crikey that was all new zealand hops so it was nelson it was rowaka and motueka on the uh crikey so that's everything that was in that one itself yeah i think nelson is a great hop to use in a beer like that. Um, it's just very dynamic, I think. And it's very unique, I feel like. It is very unique. And I think a lot of people, like, just from people I know that love hate, some people love Nelson and they hate Nelson because you get, like, that white wine hit off it. And mm. some people cannot stand, like, the, it's almost like a bitterness aspect to it at the end, kind of like like a white, dry wine. And some people love it. So it's, it's like, kind of like a love-hate thing with, with i guess that hop itself so that was actually the lesser of the hops out of the whole hot bill on the whole beer itself but that that being said I, like i said some people hate it and some people love it you know and so i'd say my favorite um out of the ipas was the west coast i'm huge into west coast ipas um your love and grace your love and grace so why don't you talk about just what hops are in that and um kind of what inspired the name behind that beer yeah, dude, absolutely. So Love and Grace is a new West Coast. So I do another West Coast. It's a tra- uh, traditional West Coast IPA. You know, it's it's loaded with some, you know, caramel slash crystal malt. But this beer itself, I know people are doing these very light grain bill West Coast IPA, just single hopped. It's very clear, very light. And that that's all citra hopped. And so I wanted to do something different. I guess light-wise make it different to where it highlighted the hops. It was bitter. It was very clear. So I had went, basically that beer is very simple. It's one, there's no crystal malt in it whatsoever. And it's all citra hops. So I think it ended up having about 80, 85, something like that IBUs in it, which that that's subjected to, I guess, depending on where you want to do like your hop additions and stuff like that. But But the name itself, dude, honestly, like, it's because so many people like the more I read, like a lot of these like hipster type people are doing these, you know, bright West Coast IPAs and a lot of the traditional old school people with the caramel crystal malt, they're like, do not want nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's a local band out of Ohio. It's called Camp with two A's. And so they have a song called Wonder Bar. It's funny when you hear it, it's called Love and Grace. Where they talk about like everything, basically everything between like the the sun coming up, the sun going on on the West Coast, everything in between. They're like, we're all like, you know, feathers on a bird basically going on and on. It makes you realize like, regardless like where you're at, the sun always sets to the West, you know? And I think like it's cool to be able to, 
post something like beer wise, like something new and bring everyone together and realize like, you know, just have love and grace for in between. If you're, if your thing is not like a traditional West coast IPA and you're, you're going to bring like a new age West coast IPA, like it's all the same. You know what I mean? Like we're all, we're all people, you know what I mean? So that, that's where the, I guess the, everything came in from that beer, you know? I like that. Yeah. It's, it, it's a little bit of walk store. Yeah, I think, oh, dude. Oh, yeah. The, the times like these are crazy, dude, you know? I mean, like, I think that's why, like, I loved, like, the West Coast style IPAs to me just, like, gets me more relaxed. It, like, it's just, like, that chill vibe of just, you know what? Yes. Like, we're all in this together. It's simple. Oh, it's yeah. It's crisp. It's delicious. Yep. And it's just you enjoy it, right? And it ties Absolutely. you together with music. It ties you together with, yep. you know, friends, family, that's my that's my it, my love affair with West Coast IPAs. I do. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, man. It's like like everything you just said, like like the music and bringing everyone together and like the family and man, it's it's nuts, man. You know. And and of course we couldn't leave uh, Jason out from having some Massachusetts beers as well. Mm-hmm. And what did you think of Becky likes the smell from Bay State Brewing, their West Coast IPA? I know you talked about it a little bit before we were on air. Yeah. Uh, oh, Becky's like the mic drop. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Like, I I never had it. I never had that beer before. I've had lots of beers, man. Like, I'm on a tab. I've had thousands of beers. I've I've never had that beer. It was insane. Love it. Like, I can see why you guys. And you guys have that locally, I, I imagine, and it's it was so good. Oh, yeah. As James said, it's his his third lady, me, <laughs> me, the baby, lady. and Becky. <laughs> That's right, his third lady. But yeah, yeah, it was delicious. Yeah, those those guys are uh, super local to us, and they're out of a ice rink in uh, Worcester. So if you're ever in Massachusetts, there watch, you go. Watch some youth hockey and drink some beer. Find Becky. Um, Find Becky. Look out for <laughs> Becky. <laughs> Cheers. Your wife's like, what's what's he talking about? Finding this woman named Becky. Who's what, Becky? what kind of podcast is this? He's been in a room talking about uh, Becky to someone. What kind, what are you right. wearing, Becky? Boom boom room Becky, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so we did talk about your home brewing, how you got started. I've been brewing for ten years, but not wow. you know, not seriously for the whole ten years. I'd say recently, yeah. you know, the last yeah. three years or so. Okay. But so I haven't entered any homebrew competitions yet. Have uh-huh. you gotten into homebrew competitions? And if you have, what's your kind of experience been like? Yeah. So I've actually entered a couple pre-Rona of last year, I guess 2019, like the year I started brewing. I had entered summer of 19. I entered a local competition. I got a silver medal on my all Citro New England IPA. And that's when we scaled up on a pro brew system which was supposed to be spring of last year which well, that's all the corona bullcrap hit and we ended up doing uh doing a five barrel system of that beer back in november of this past year from that silver medal i got i entered fall of 2019 i entered a national homebrew comp with so i brew a citrus basil pale ale it's really weird so my wife she's like the gardener bless her heart she does all that stuff and so i was trying to think of something like citrusy and then, like, I seen all the basil out there because she has, like, these pots on her deck out back. And we have, like, raised beds and all that. And I seen the basil. I love the smell of basil and stuff. And I was like, mm-hmm. what would be good, like, to brew with, like, some, like, citrus zest? And, like, I was smelling the basil. I'm like, I wonder how this would be. So I brewed, like, a pale ale. I did a bunch of basil in it. 
and I did grapefruit, lime, and lemon zest in it, and I actually got a gold medal oh. for the fruit and spice beer, which was pretty crazy. I had no idea I didn't even win anything because I'd only been brewing at that point for like seven, eight months. Yeah. And I, and funny story, I was out, me and my wife were out with my brother and my sister-in-law eating dinner, and I had just pulled out like I was that dude that pulled up my phone when you're out to dinner with someone just like <laughs> scrolling. And uh, I had seen because they had the live results and I got that gold medal and I was like, holy shit. Pardon my French. We're good. We're, <laughs> we're good. Okay. This is an the, explicit the two, podcast the, uh, yeah, and not the, an X-rated two, podcast as I had. Uh, the two months old is asleep. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I got a, a gold medal with that, which was actually pretty crazy. Fast forward to February of 2020. I had beers in about six homebrew comps and... I think they all got turned into hand sanitizer when everything, when all the crap hit the fans. So I had in Cleveland, I had beers in Washington, Illinois. I had beer. I had six places I sent beers to for uh, homebrew comps and they, they all either went down the drain or got turned into hand sanitizer and oh, I never yeah. found out what happened with them. Yeah. So recently with homebrew stuff, so I sent, there's a place called Rubens Brews out in Seattle, Washington. I had sent four IPAs out there to that, and I'm still waiting on the results for that. I have six beers going to the the American uh, Homebrew Association, the uh, the homebrew national thing. I have six going to that, and then honestly, when we get back from vacation, it'll be the Sunday. I need to look at a couple more that I'm going to submit some beers into as well. So that's a pretty good amount. Yeah, for sure. And actually, it's funny because the the national homebrew comp this year it's so expensive for the uh the entry fee the, the entry oh my gosh dude, it's crazy and i think you have to send four beers each wow. and i did six yeah so i did a winter ale i did actually that that uh bay, citrus basil pale ale i told you about mm-hmm. um i did a california common i sent into for a lager a hazy ipa a session ipa and that loving grace that you guys tasted i sent that in as two is for a west coast so i did i did six total beers i'm gonna be sending to that i think they have to go in at the end of march is when you have to ship them so in each one of those beers roughly how many cans did you have to send send out i think it's it's either four or five i can't remember but i know as soon as i post that on instagram like all my friends were like dude what the hell like you're gonna have to send like three boxes of beers in for that like good luck <laughs> spending all that all oh that my money. god shipping <laughs> oh yeah yeah so but whatever, you know, it's, it's money's money, you know what I mean? So I'm just, I'm excited to get some feedback, some results. Like, it's one thing, like, when your friends drink a beer, you know, like, oh, it's the best beer ever. Like, it's the best IP ever. And it's like, you you sometimes wonder, like, are you just saying that because you're looking at my friend? Because I, I, I overanalyze all my beers so bad that I don't drink them. I, mm-hmm. I'll drink some of my own beer. But even though it tastes good, it's just not, I guess I, I'm so, I guess I go, so deep into trying to make it better and so it, it's nice to get feedback from people that don't know you that send that you know results like telling you like what you can do to make it better what's wrong with it and stuff like that that that's the best feedback whatsoever because it's unbiased you know what i mean yeah for sure yeah okay. so what i know you just started entering you know in the past couple of years for the competitions but what advice would you have for someone who's kind of thinking about maybe they're on the fence about whether or not they want to enter I think definitely like just do it. Like it's hard because some people you have to be able to open yourself up to criticism and stuff like that. Not just hearing your friends say you make good beer. You have to be able to, like I said, open yourself up to having real true feedback on how your beer is. Like it, it's hard for someone to say, Hey, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. And then like, you want to be like, 
you know, a defense of like in your mind, like thinking, you know, whatever it's not like that. But if there's someone that's like professional talking to something like that, like you need to be able to, it's just like a teacher telling you, like if you're in school or whatever like that, like you can do this to make it better. Just look forward to better advice, you know what I mean? And it goes the same thing. Like if you're wherever you're at, like in your own brain, I mean, you can, you can go and get advice from like people drinking your beer or you can become go to local breweries like reach out to like brewers like i've since i started for two years i became friends with i have so many local brewers that i'm like professional brewers within like a 40 40 mile radius that like i'm on like a texting basis now we talk all the time and they people are it's like a community man like i said before you it, the whole thing's community based and that's what people are a lot of people don't understand i guess like there's so much help you can get and people most people aren't secretive about the recipes. Like they, they want to, they want you to succeed. You know what I mean? They want to, you to do everything you're doing better. That's just how it is. You know what I mean? So put, put, put your beer into like competitions, you know, reach out, go to the local breweries, dude, tell them your home brewery. Like, Hey, can I see your setup? Like just ask questions. It started from that. It started from me going to a couple of local breweries and like people are brewing and you go, Hey, can I see the back? And then, you tell them like you're a, a new home brewer and the next, you know, like they're, they're giving you, you know, tours of the place and then asking you stuff. And the next, you know, they're giving you your number. And then like, then you're like talking to the phone back and forth. Like they people just want to help. You know what I mean? So don't, don't be scared. Don't be nervous. You know what I mean? Put yourself out there. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And so with home brewing and the obsession that home brewing becomes, we asked this to all the homebrewers, how did you justify or what was the phrase you used in your case to your wife to say, I need to get this or I need to do that? James is always oh. looking for um, things he can use on me. <laughs> and so far, no success. <laughs> so I'm looking for that one homebrewer that has that phrase that can the just... The magic phrase. The magic phrase of... You know, these aren't the droids you're looking for, Shannon. This is just the beer. Don't worry. James, text me real quick. Tell me what you want me to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, dude, honestly, like, for the longest time, I've had a hard time, like, locking out something to, like, do on my own. That's, like, something for myself. And it's funny because, like, my wife is actually, like, you got to find something to do, like, on your own outside of all this to, like, do it. And so everything, the way everything turned out to be what it is, like, she had, you know, pushed for me to get into this and then i was brewing at home i guess the only thing i could tell you so i brew in my garage i ferment my basement in our storage room which is now called the quote-unquote brewing room <laughs> so i hit it's funny because i was drilling holes through a sill plate in our garage because i was running my lines down to my fermenters to you know use my you know blickman pump to pump everything out of the fermenter and as i was drilling she was like what in the hell are you doing and i was like you know i had to ferment down in the basement so i'm putting these I'm drilling holes through here. She's like, this wasn't supposed to be like this. I'm like, so now I've taken up a whole third bay, in our, our whole third bay in our garage and our, a whole storage room in our basement. It's not like all brewing stuff. So she now rolls her eyes, but she, she's excited now. Like it's, it's funny. Like we laugh about it. So to this day, dude, but she's so supportive, man. It's, it's really great. She's supportive for the growth and like where I want to take like this vision, you know, which is really cool. Cause she's really community based too. So. Now, do you think she wants to get involved a little bit with you? Like, has she kind of helped you at all with any of your home brewing? Or you've been like, here, throw these yeah. hops in for me. Oh, for sure. So she's helped me brew. She, like, when I throw the hops, you know, she'll smile and be like, well, it smells good. She'll tell me a lot of the times it smells like crap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
she thinks it's funny when she opens the garage. She's taking the kids to school, and it's like winter up at you know up north in Ohio. And I open up the garage, and it looks like you're brewing meth or something like that yeah, in the garage, yeah. and all the all the steam's pouring out, and all of our old neighbors are like, "What in the hell are these people doing?" <laughs> um, but yeah, she's real supportive, man. She helps all the time. She's a yoga instructor and all that as well. So she she has her own thing she has going on too. But she does love to help. She does love building me up and. I can't complain at all, man. I mean, it's it's a blessing in disguise, you know. Yoga in the brewery. I mean, come on. Yeah, we, right. we love Look doing out. yoga in breweries. Partnership. Dude, oh, dude. She, I know. It's all the breweries up in Ohio, too, like up in Cleveland. They have, like, the yoga days where, like, mm-hmm. you go and do the yoga, and then you get a beer afterwards. So you guys might be doing that out east, too. So Yeah, they have it here. I used to do it all the time pre-COVID. <laughs> Although sometimes you want the beer while you're doing the yoga. Yeah, that, see, so, so that's how Shannon drew me into that because she's like, you know what, I, I, you know, you do all your brewing at home, but how about we go to a brewery and we can do yoga? And I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. She's like, well, you get beer for yoga, you know, you get a free pint. And I'm like, sign me. I'm like, sign me up. And then we go, and I was expecting like you do yoga with like the pint glass in your hand. Yeah. You know, I'm like, this is really interesting. How you do like how flexible are you while you're holding a beer? Like, no, I will say that you you don't want to see James do yoga, so that won't be happening. <laughs> uh, I'm just here okay. for the beer. Uh, yeah, I was just there for the beer. Yeah, he, yeah, I was. It was a little bit. It was entertaining for me. I'll James is on that dom dog. Look out. <laughs> yeah, it was more like a. I don't even know what you were doing. I mean, I just called it quits at a certain point. I mean, like this guy in front of me was like the guru and he was yeah. sticking his hand places that I never want to stick my hand. So yeah, then the next day he's like, oh, my legs are so sore. I'm like, that's because you never do I had the man, I had the man pains and I'm like, you know what? I didn't have enough beers. Uh, too much yoga and not enough beers. Oh, you're that guy. Oh, uh, I know. But it was it was all good fun. But do you use right. your spent greens at all? You mentioned your wife is a gardener. Do you uh, reuse your spent greens? In a, do you have it like with the dogs or do you have a farmer it, that collects it? Or You know, it's funny because we have our neighbors opposite side of the street. He's a local uh, police officer. So they, they do chickens. You know, they have meat birds and they have egg layers. And it's funny because I give originally I would throw all everything out. We had a, another guy, you know, we're friends with. So sometimes he takes some grain. But this guy consistently, like him and his wife, um, they live you know, 200 yards from our house, they take all my grain and give it to their chickens. And it's great. Cause they post on their thing all the time. And the whole turn of events, like the whole cycle, you look at everything, like from where it is, like, you know, the grains being grown and the molsters and everything like that. And then like, now you make beer with this grain that everyone's put their heart and effort into. And now you made, you know, work with like the grains and now you give the grains that normally would go into the garbage can to, re- you know, go into the dump and now I give them to someone who the chickens are eating and giving eggs and they give us eggs all the time. And now you're eating the eggs that the greens, you know, went to the, you know, chickens and it, it's crazy. Like in the whole, like affect everything, how mm-hmm. it, it like the whole cycle, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's typically where all our, our, our spent grain all goes to basically our neighbors and they give it to their chickens. And, you know, he has all sorts of stuff he has going on with that. So it's pretty cool. That's awesome. That's nice. You get to, get those eggs too yeah oh for sure yeah definitely i I think that's one of the greatest tips i would say to home brewers out there that do all grain brewing is take you know what commercial breweries are doing of donating those spent grains to farm local farms and communities or even making dog treats like we have for our Mm -hmm. dog and he loves them it's like the one treat that now like he just dies for it yeah Um, and just like reuse it and don't take all those craft maltsters and all their hard work, like, and just throw it in the trash. 
throw in the garbage. Yeah, yeah there's so much more you can do with it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Especially when you have like at least 15 pounds of grain, you know? Oh, dude, absolutely. It's a lot of dog treats. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want, you mean you don't want to have a dog treat business, Shannon? Come on. We'll see. <laughs> there might be a big market for that, actually. Yeah. So. I'll find, I'll find some spare time <laughs> with a two-month-old kid. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And you're, you yeah, want right. to home? She, uh, Shannon's actually recently gotten really into home brewing, and she wants to develop a nice blonde or a, like a sour beer. So, oh, there you go. That's my next. Yeah. My next project. Look out! Yep. Look out! Twenty twenty-two. <laughs> right, it's coming before you know it. Five yeah. years from now, I'll be sitting at Shannon's brewery and going, "I remember when I was the home brewer." Yeah. Watch out. <laughs> you won't see me coming. Uh, right. Sneak up from behind. <laughs> sneak attack. I'll sneak attack you. Yeah, look out. <laughs> from the blind side. Okay. Well, Jason, before we wrap up today, is there anything you want to plug for our listeners? Do you have an Instagram or website? Yeah, just hit me at Steel City Brewing on Instagram. I have a Facebook, um, you know, Steel City Brewing Company on there. Um, you can hit me up on both of those. Um, you can go to steelcitybrewing.com. Yeah, look me up, hit me up, um, follow back, you know, spread the word. It's a, it's a great community, you know what I mean? Well, you've now officially yeah. hit the East Coast, Jason, yeah. so. Look out. Look out. We're coming. Look out. <laughs> that beard is stretching out even farther. It's coming right? on the East Coast. <laughs> See, guys, people with beards are nice, okay? Get rid of that. See what get, I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's get rid of that stigma, okay? <laughs> We're not all angry, I promise. Just a bunch of jokesters. Yeah, absolutely. What are you guys brewing right now? Anything? I just did three IPAs. I was kind of going back to the basics of isolating a single hop and then keeping the same basic grain recipe um, mm -hmm. and seeing what each individual hop is going to do to the beers for the IPAs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we got a Blondale coming up in the works, which is a collaboration with uh, another fellow home brewer and his wife who also home brews up in Alaska. So we're really looking forward oh, wow. to that. So. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. It's it's going to be a lot of beers coming out. Uh, I just actually right. upgraded our keg. So now we have two kegerators because one wasn't enough. Okay. Uh, so we'll be piping out some beers. I lo I'd love to try, man. Put out that fire, you know? Yep. Bring it. Honest feedback. That's the price you, you pay for the, to get the beer. That's the honest admission. Feedback. That's the admission ticket. <laughs> that it, it is what it is, you know? Yep. You know, if we can get some owls that can just deliver them, like, we'll be, we'll be golden, right? Like, you know, yeah, like right? brew owls, you know? Just, yeah. There they go. <laughs> One day delivery from Amazon, you know? One day, no matter if it's pandemic or whatever, because <laughs> yeah. owls don't give a shit, okay? They, will, they are still good because they don't go out in public. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> oh All right, Jason. Well, no. enjoy enjoy the pool with your kids and your wife, and enjoy vacation. And thank you so much for being on our show. Yep. Absolutely. Thanks, really James. Thanks, Shannon. I appreciate y'all. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. We perfect. Had so much fun. Heck yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Double Hot Beat. And if you are a home brewer and want to share your story like Jason did today, feel free to send us a direct message on Instagram and we can feature you on the podcast. And as you guys are well aware, we are an independent podcast and your support means everything to us. Thanks again for the 500 followers and let's keep it rolling and keep reaching homebrewers and craft beer enthusiasts at Double Hot Beat Podcast on Instagram. Yep.
Yep. And as always, if you could rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, that would be greatly helpful. We would appreciate it. And that helps us get new listeners and get our name out there. So that would be awesome. And thanks. And that's a, our shameless plug for the day. Yeah. James promised shameless plugs and we are keeping up with it. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening. This has, has been, been Double Hoppy. Catch, Catch you on, on the Bruce side. side.